0: A well-regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm so glad you're with us on the program. And yes, the snazzy graphics are back. The high-tech graphics. I didn't even have to uh, spend the weekend trying to uh, learn a new software program. So that's good. Hopefully you had a a good weekend as well. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the uh, moms out there. Uh, We're going to be talking today about constitutional carry, specifically about the objections to constitutional carry being made by uh, Chuck Wexler of the Police Executive Research Forum. Now, this is a uh, think tank for uh, law enforcement officers that has long been in support of new restrictions on our right to keep and bear arms. There was a, a 2018 story I ran across from the Washington Post uh, earlier today. It was talking about uh, Chuck Wexler calling for, uh, and the Police Executive Research Forum uh, talking about the need for, the need for, uh, bans on bump stocks, bans on uh, quote unquote large capacity magazines, uh, singing the praises of red flag laws. That was 2018. And here we are four years later, and I'm sure. That uh, the police executive research forum still believes that we should have red flag laws and bans on large capacity magazines, who knows, maybe even bans on the quote unquote assault weapons. But the, uh, the the main concern of Chuck Wexler, at least in his latest column is constitutional carry. He writes, quote, the COVID pandemic has coincided with a surge in that uniquely American epidemic of gun violence. Shootings and homicides are up. Police are pulling more guns off the street and firearms dealers report record gun sales with millions of Americans arming themselves for the first time. It's against this backdrop, he writes, that state after state has decided residents no longer need permits, handgun uh, background checks or training. To carry concealed handguns in public, it's not a stretch. He says to think that so-called permitless carry will alter the nature of gun violence in these places, and also affect the police officer who stops someone and sees that they have a gun in their possession. No law enforcement official I've spoken with thinks that these policies are a good idea. He tells me that Chuck Wexler needs to get out more because I know plenty of law enforcement officers who don't have an issue with constitutional carry. But let's let's before we even delve into uh, uh, the rest of Wexler's column, let's talk first of all. Uh, about the fact that yes, violent crime is rising in many parts of the country, including parts of the country that don't have constitutional carry laws on the books, including parts of the country that don't have shall issue concealed carry on the books. Shootings are up in New York City, shootings are up in Los Angeles, both places where you've got millions of residents who are unable to exercise their right to keep and bear arms. Apology for the rooster in the background there. Mr. Crow is a little annoyed at me because I shoot him off my porch just a couple minutes ago. The fact that the average citizen cannot legally carry a firearm in these cities has done nothing to reduce the violent crime rate because we know that violent criminals comprise a very, very small portion of any city's given population. And generally speaking, they're not law-abiding citizens. They're not legal gun owners. So constitutional carry, which, again, protects the right of people who can lawfully possess a firearm to legally carry it, doesn't apply to these violent criminals. Now, Wexler says uh, many cops see the permitting process as a useful means of screening dangerous people from carrying guns in public. In some states, residents... Couldn't previously obtain a permit to carry if they'd been convicted of resisting law enforcement or had juvenile adjudications that would have been felonies if the person had been an adult. Shouldn't responsible gun owners be willing to go through a brief permitting process to carry their gun outside the home where it's more consequential for others members of the public? I mean, look, you could make that argument. Although I don't know any other right that we treat that way. But the problem for Wexler is that often it's not a brief process. I mean, think about what was going on in Illinois for most of the last two years, where the Illinois State Police was routinely taking not 30 days or 60 days or 90 days as required under state law, but in some cases more than 250 days, in some cases more than 365 days to process concealed carry applications. As a matter of fact, I'm looking right now This is as of March of 2022. The non-fingerprint CCL averaging processing time is 132 days. Uh, The fingerprint CCL average processing time in Illinois right now is 101 days. Supposed to be 90. Uh, Only in January of 2022 were they under 90 days. It was taking an average of 78 days for the state police to process concealed carry applications after a fingerprint had been submitted. And it's still taking nearly three months to receive, to, to process that application, not for an applicant to receive a license, but for that license application to simply be processed. So the idea that this is quick and easy and painless is untrue. In many jurisdictions, it can take months for an individual to get their license, and it's not just by the way Illinois. We've seen lawsuits filed in uh, Detroit over the failure to process applications in Wayne County during the pandemic. Philadelphia shut down its gun permitting unit and was sued uh, because they weren't processing any carry licenses. So no, under the under ideal circumstances. If it it really only does take a couple of days, would it be too much to ask for gun owners? Yes, it still would be, because again, we're talking about restrictions on a right here. But we also don't live in the best of circumstances. And these applications aren't always taking just a matter of days before individuals are told, "Okay, you're good to go. Here's your license. And when people are deprived of their ability to protect themselves outside of the home, not just for days on end, but for weeks and months and maybe even over a year, I would argue that their rights are not being regulated. Their rights are being infringed on. Now, Wexler uh, uh, says uh, he quotes a couple of uh, law enforcement professionals about their objections to constitutional carry. Uh, Rodney Bryant, chief of police in Atlanta, believes that permitless carry will put more guns on the streets and hamper law enforcement's ability to do its work. He says, quote, it reduces our ability to intervene early and getting an illegal gun off the street until something more catastrophic has happened. Uh, Chief of Nashville police says, uh, well, yeah, unless there's probable cause that a crime is about to be committed, it's difficult to frisk for weapons. By the way, that is true whether or not a state is a constitutional carry state. Something that Wexler doesn't really point out. But yeah, unless you have probable cause that a crime is going to be committed, you can't just... Randomly say, hey, you know what? I think I see a gun on you. Let me pat you down, regardless of whether or not a state is constitutional carry. Now, again, by focusing on the most prolific offenders, by focusing on those areas of any given community where crime is the highest, and again, we're talking about anywhere from 1% to 10% of a city's physical space accounting for uh, more than half of violent crime. I saw a story, I think it was out of, uh, it might have been out of Rochester, New York, where they said nearly 100% of shootings are taking place at about 10% of the city's limits. So flood those zones. Put more officers on the ground, on the streets, in those areas, and you might be able to determine whether or not a probable cause exists that a crime is about to be committed. But regardless of whether it becomes easier to do so, by focusing on those high crime areas, you can bring down the crime rates regardless of what the gun laws are. Dallas, Texas saw a nearly 30% reduction in homicides in the three months after constitutional carry went into effect precisely because they were looking at where the crime was taking place, and that's where they were sending officers. So I completely reject the idea that, uh, well, gosh, it would just be so much easier to pat people down and stop and frisk them if we didn't have these constitutional carry laws, not only at that point are you going after the Second Amendment, you're going after the Fourth Amendment too. And honestly, it's not about constitutional carry. It's about the right to carry. As Chuck Wexler makes explicitly clear in his column when he says, quote, the Supreme Court may add to the disruption as the justices are expected any week to rule in a New York case that could strike down that state's stringent requirements that residents show proper cause for getting a concealed weapons permit. That's a little different, he writes, from allowing New Yorkers to get and carry guns with no permit at all, but the effect is similar in that it could result in many more residents carrying concealed guns. Depending on the decision, it could also have consequences for gun laws across the country. So now it's not about, hey, gun owners, isn't it reasonable for you to just go through a little bit of a background check and just go through a little bit? Now it's well, even shall issues bad. Because even shall issue concealed carrying leads to more people carrying guns. And in Chuck Wexler's view, that's bad apparently now in the views of more than 20 million Americans who are currently concealed carry licensees and the millions of Americans who are legal gun owners who are lawfully carrying without a license in constitutional carry states this is a good thing again that we can exercise a fundamental right without undue interference by the government and we have seen in state after state this is not led to a dystopian society. This has not led to guns everywhere. What we've seen actually around the country over the past couple of years is that it doesn't really matter what gun control laws you have in place. Violent crime's likely gone up. Shootings have likely gone up. Even in states that are, you know, technically may issue, but are really no issue. I shouldn't say states, localities like Los Angeles or New York. The absence of the right to keep and bear arms is not a guarantee of a safe society as much as Chuck Wexler might want to believe that it is so. In fact, I would argue the opposite is the case. And I also would say that uh, Chuck Wexler is probably going to be pretty disappointed in the direction of the right to carry revolution in the coming years because I don't think Americans are backing away from constitutional carry, nor do I think many of us Agree with the idea that in order to crack down on violent crime, the rights of the law abiding must be restricted first. Now, let's turn our attention to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, our recidivist report will start there, speaking of, you know, criminals getting away with their crimes here. Johnstown, Pennsylvania, where a man has been sent his probation for shooting at a woman and her friend earlier this year. This is back in February. Police were called out to an apartment, uh, not in Johnstown, but uh, in the nearby town of Ebensburg, Pennsylvania. That's where they found uh, Anthony Westcott. Well, actually, Anthony Westcott had apparently taken off at the time, but they found him a short time later. Uh, A woman said that Westcott allegedly physically assaulted her and then uh, pulled out a gun, fired at least six rounds at her and a friend uh, before uh, he took off, before police arrived. Uh, Westcott was again taken into custody. And has accepted a plea to recklessly endangering another person, where he was sentenced to a maximum, maximum, mind you, of eighteen months probation. In this case, yeah. So again, while well, we've got all kinds of anti-gun uh, politicians in Pennsylvania talking about the need for new gun control laws, oh, we got to go after you know we need lost or stolen legislation, we need a micro stamping, we need a bans on assault weapons. Here, you've got a guy who actually shot at a woman, Mister. Thank goodness. Bah, uh, who knows if that was his intent for multiple rounds? And he's walking away without any time behind bars. 18 months probation. So tell me, what do you think is more needed? Another gun control law in Pennsylvania? Or the type of criminal justice reform that ensures that offenders actually face consequences for their violent acts? Now, today's Armed citizen story from San Antonio, Texas, west side of the city where a, a man shot an intruder at a home, and uh, the suspect uh, later took off in the ambulance. Yeah, this is about 1.30 Sunday morning. Police said a uh, homeowner on the west side, uh, described as a man in his 50s, caught a guy trying to break in to his house. He grabbed his gun, fired two shots. The homeowner took off, or excuse me, the uh, suspect took off running, uh, and apparently collapsed a, a short-distance away. He was uh, found by uh, EMS crews. And as they were loading him into the ambulance, getting ready to start treating him, he, apparently decided he wanted to fight and got a little aggressive and ended up escaping from the ambulance. Now police were able to take him into custody a short time later. He was taken to a local hospital. Last report listed as stable. Uh, The homeowner uh, listed as a crime victim in this case, not expected to uh, face any charges. This was apparently a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense, at least it was based on the evidence that's been provided to date. We'll keep our eyes on the story, let you know if there's uh, any more information as it becomes available. Finally today, our good deed of the day, Northern Ohio, where a uh, former firefighter who was in a car accident, nearly uh, cost him his life, is looking for the Good Samaritan, who may have saved him. This happened a few weeks ago. The uh, retired firefighter, uh, named only as Mark, he doesn't really want to be identified either, was apparently driving on the road, car coming in the other direction, veers into his traffic, hits him nearly head on, and it was a severe accident. Mark's laying there, he's got a severe wound to his leg, and a uh, local, uh, sorry about that, I should have turned off my phone here as I was uh, doing the show, Uh, a uh, police chaplain, excuse me, a, a fire chaplain. Uh, there in uh, Ohio, uh, Litchfield, Ohio, John Smith said that a woman showed up sort of out of nowhere, said she was in one of the vehicles that was going by, stopped and helped. And we just want to know who she is because we as an apartment, the victim and the family of the victim would like to thank him in person. She was able to help fashion a tourniquet out of some elastic uh, and apply it to his leg to stop the bleed. And John Smith says he has no doubt she saved a life. Quote: He would not be around today. It would have been a completely different outcome if they hadn't done this. So, again, no word on who that woman is. But uh, Mark, the former firefighter, is expected to make a full recovery and uh, would like to at least thank that good Samaritan in person. Hope he gets the opportunity to do so. But uh, if not in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, whoever you are, thank you very much for your very good deed. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam & Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program. As always, don't forget to check out the website, BerrienArms.com, throughout the day for even more Second Amendment news and information. And if you do like what you see, you can always become a VIP subscriber. Just go to BerrienArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership. As our way of saying thanks for your support, we're going to give you uh, some goodies, exclusive content, news stories, analysis. You won't find anywhere else because your support does make a difference. And it really does matter. Have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow with another edition of Bearing Arms Cam I and mean, Company. This time we might even have a guest involved. No guarantees, but uh, like 90% chance of a guest on tomorrow's program. Until then, be well, be safe, be free.